Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Psalm 78 says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And he says, I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. And we will not hide them from children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. So I want to preach a message today uh, about a generation of purpose. A generation of purpose. Amen. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that your Word has brought forth even thousands of years ago through the heart of David. uh, That it is our role not simply to take care of the generation that we are in, but to prepare the generations after us. That they may receive more of you and and more knowledge than we have, and to go further in the things of the kingdom than what we are able to do. Father, we are grateful for this house where every generation is represented, and that we have small children, young children, newborns, and we have uh, people in their 80s and beautiful, wonderful folks, Lord, that have just served you all the days of their life, and we're grateful for that. And now, Lord, help us to not only minister to our own generation, but God, to minister to the generations around us. And we'll give you praise uh, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so uh, when we look at this passage, and he says to give ear, give ear, O my people, to my law, and incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And he says, I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter the dark sayings of old. And so what David is doing, David is writing this. And he is writing this to leave this to the next generations. He's recording the things that God has taught him and the things that God has shown him because he has a heart for the new generations. He understands what God did in his life. Remember that David was a giant killer when he was just uh, a young man, if maybe an upper teenager even, and he brought down the giant with those s- smooth stones that he got out of the brook. David was a warrior. He was a man that knew that God had a purpose and a plan for the children of Israel. Uh, and yet the, the king that he was under was not doing that job. The king that he was under was more about his own riches and his own uh, benefit and not the benefit of his people. David was ready to rise up and begin to do the things that God would have him to do, not only in his generation, but for the generations to come. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you that if we minister simply to our own generations, then we have failed the kingdom of God. Amen. It is, it is important. It is very important. Uh, that we also connect with our generations. We do that through uh, Sunday school classes. We do that through VBS. We do that through uh, youth groups. We do that through so many ways uh, that we are connecting to the, uh, the generations that are coming up, uh, that uh, they have a, a, a way and a part uh, to have something invested in the kingdom of God. 
and in the plan of God for this city. God has a plan for the world. Don't you know that God so loved the world, right? The whole world. Not just our world, not just His world, all the world. God has a plan for the world. And He loves the world. And His heart is to redeem it and to save it and to find sons and daughters that will come under His care and and just live under the privilege of God is our Father. In verse 1, He was saying to listen, give ear. Give ear, my, uh, you know, my uh, people. Give ear. Uh, you ever seen somebody just kind of do this? They're trying to listen to you. And this is what David is trying to get them to do, is to give ear. I want you to take a minute or two and pay attention, he says, to what I am saying. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And uh, because why? Why incline your ears? It's important. He said, I've got something important to tell you. I've got something that is valuable to tell you. And it's about the kingdom of God and what God is is wanting to do. He goes on in verse 2 and says, I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter dark sayings of old. And then in verse 3, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. Amen. We will not hide them from their children. uh, Telling to the generation to come. The praises of our Lord. Amen. Is this verse in Psalm 78 verse 4 that we adopted years ago to be uh, the mission statement of our family. uh, That we may not hide these things from our children. That we would uh, begin to tell the generation to come and the generations to come about the praises of the Lord. And we need to do that. We need to understand, brother and sister, we, you know, I'm, I'm in, I guess I'm in middle age, right? So I'm 56, all right, middle age. If I go 56 more, it's 112, all right? So we're not quite middle, but we're in, in, in the vicinity, all right? Uh, David said, you know, once I was young and now I'm old. I'm older now. And, uh, and we are. We're older now. It seems like we were children just not too many years ago. But God's been good and God has been faithful. I preached my first sermon uh, when I was nine years old. I've been preaching now for more years than I know. And, uh, but God is good. Uh, and God has been good to my family. I saw my father, who was an alcoholic, come to Jesus before he left this world. I saw mom and dad that had divorced for a good section of their life. I remarried my mother and father right here. My mom and dad stood right here. And I, I married them over again. You know, and what a blessing. Because what happened? What happened? They were struggling. Uh, they were having hard times. They were up. They were down. They were in. They were out. Those things were going on. It wasn't enough to make them strong at that time. But then... But then God allowed us to step up and us to begin to pray and us to seek God until the point that my father was able to take his beer can and put on top of the refrigerator for the last 10 years of his life. He left an unopened beer can on top of the refrigerator to remind him that he never wanted to go back to that drink. Amen. Amen. When he died, I preached his funeral. When mom died, I preached her funeral. But I remember that day, it was kind of that we, when we had the wedding, it was kind of odd, you know, hey, mom, do you take dad, you know? Uh, 
You take dad to be your lawfully wedded husband. Oh, good, you did. Dad, you, will you take mom to be your lawful wedded wife? You know, and uh, there's just a couple uh, janitors that was the people standing by in it, I think. And, uh, and it was a beautiful thing after all these years and all of the difficulties, the, the drinking that was devastating the family, the, the hurt and all of the things that, that was happening to be able to stand here and to watch God restore. Amen. Restore. Amen. You see our mission this year that God has given to us. Renew and restore. Can I tell you that God is still a God of restoration? Hallelujah. God is still able to reach into the muckiest messes and the darkest things when you just simply allow a little light to begin to come from the kingdom. That light's going to set that darkness running and it's going to turn your life. It's going to change your family. It's going to just be a miracle of the graciousness of God. Amen. The best news in the world is that God so loved the world. Amen. That's the best news in the world. And he didn't say that he just loved the church world or he loved the good people. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible said there are none good. No, not one. Amen. We're not good. We can't stand on our goodness. We have to just go bankrupt. We have to just go and understand that it's nothing that we can do, but it's what he has already done. Amen. And sometimes it's humbling for somebody to give you something or to do something for you. Sometimes our pride wants to give in away, you know, and get in the way and say, now, wait a minute, don't you think I can afford that? You know, you want to do this? Sometimes you have to humble yourself to receive a gift. Amen. And the gift that God gave was his only begotten son. Amen. And so he said, incline your ears because this is important. And then he's, he's talking about the connection generation that we now are a part of this that we will tell the next generations. I'll read a few verses here for you. Uh, Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter the dark sayings of God, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Right? We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord. Amen? It is our responsibility to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ to the next generations. It is our responsibility. It is our privilege, yes, but it's our responsibility to bring the gospel into the generations that is in this country and around this community. Amen. And so God wanted to to move. He wanted to do something. He said, I will open my mouth in a parable. And you know, a lot of the Bible is written with parables. And, and what's, what, what is it parable? What do you mean I'm going to speak a, a parable? He said, I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. And Jesus, when he taught, how many times did he sit down and, it, and the crowds were gathered around him and he started talking about fishing or he started talking about sowing seed in the field. Amen. Jesus was a storyteller. He was a parable teller. 
And that's what it is, is to be storytelling. That's what the Bible is all about. We read about Daniel. We read about David. We read about all of these great men and women of God. Esther, my, 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 what a, what a, a pivotal move that God had established Esther as the queen when the king has just been ruling that every uh, Jewish person, every Hebrew was going to be put to death, not knowing that his beautiful wife was a Hebrew and he was signing up for their death uh, sentence until she goes to her husband and she says, there's been a great aggression against me and my people. There's been an aggression. They're trying to destroy my people. He said, Who, who's trying to destroy your people? She says, you are. You are. You are because you have, have agreed with this decree that the Jewish people will be wiped out in a day's time. And he said, and this is your people. Yes, this is my people. She stood in that place. Esther says to Mordecai, I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I can tell him. This is the king of kings in the history of the world at this time. He's not just in one kingdom. He is a king over many kingdoms. And I can't do this and I can't do that. And Mordecai says, yes, but perhaps God brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. We want to believe that God has brought us to the kingdom for such a blessing, for such an easy season, for something that is going to be good in our life. But God raises up people in the darkest hours of humanity and He raises them up that in a time like this, uh, uh, that, that God can deliver that kingdom. And that's what He did. Everything turned around. The enemies of Israel, the Jewish peoples, the Hebrews, was cast down and their life was taken. And as a matter of fact, uh, the law was given that now the Jews could protect themselves with anybody that tried to harm them and they would suffer no harm. And so, uh, you know, these, these stories that are in the Bible, these are real people. These are people that prayed and sought God. These are people that had feelings. These are people that doubted sometimes. And, and they wondered how long. I'm, I'm bad about that. Lord, how long? How long? How long? I've seen visions, I've dreamed dreams. Some of them have come to pass. And some of them tarry. Some of them are still waiting. We're still looking for some of them. But I want to tell you, the God that brings, brings the dream is able to fulfill the dream. Amen? Amen. I, I'm still struggling with God. I said, you told me in my latter days that this was going to happen or that was going to happen. And then he come by and said, you're not in your latter days yet. I said, I don't know, mid-50s kind of feel like latter days. And then I had one of the elders in the house, one of the men told me, said, wait till you get to your mid-70s. All right? So those days are coming. What are we going to do? There's a generation of purpose. What we're going to do is to raise them up with what we have learned, what we have seen, what we have heard. Amen. The testimonies. Maybe it is a painful thing to talk about, but sometimes people need to hear what's gone on in the middle of your pain. Amen. And, and because God is a God that is able to bring us further. And so uh, he says in verse 3 that we've heard, uh, which we have heard and known our fathers have told us. Isn't that awesome? They were able to say, our fathers told us the great works of God, the things that God did in the old days. 
Our fathers have told us, and we will not hide them uh, from their children, telling to the next generation or the generation to come, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. Amen? And so we have a responsibility. People today are like, well, shouldn't my children choose for themselves if they want to be a Christian or if they want to be another religion or if they want to not be religious at all? You don't even let them pick out their shoes. You don't let them pick out their shoes. And you want, you, the world wants us to let our children decide for themselves. The reason the world wants it in America is because that a lot of the influence comes in the lives of people when they're young, right? And so we have to understand that, that not only we can, but we should. We should say to our generations, not everybody serves Jehovah. Not everybody serves Jesus Christ. Not everybody's been born again. I was born again when I was nine years old and he changed my life. He changed my future. Amen. And He changed my potential. And here, this God that we have, this generation that is around us, I tell you, whatever the young generation is, is the most important generation in some ways. And I want to tell you this, we don't want to Un, uh, we don't want to lower the importance of these long-time warriors we've got in the house. Amen. These men and women that have come up through the ages and through the years and, and fought for God and, and prayed and sought God and gave and helped us build buildings and helped us go into India and Africa and various places. Uh, also uh, in Haiti, we've been there several times. Love uh, what God is doing there. We encourage you to be a part of that. But let's be a part of passing on to the next generation what we know to be true, what we know to be God, when we understand that God is the one that made the difference in our life. My father suffered with beer alcoholism. His brother suffered with that as well. But I never was drunk. Why? Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus came. Amen. What was the, that was the only difference between my life and dad's life. I met Jesus early. Amen. And that changed everything. It changed everything in our life. And it stopped. It was able to stop with us. Isn't that good? Amen. Now, now if you knew my dad, you know my dad was a good man. And he had a really good sense of humor. And it was always... Uh, good to be around him. He'd come in sometimes when the, uh, the cleaning ladies were cleaning and he'd find a corner around one of the aisles or in the hallways downstairs. And as soon as they would just begin to walk around that corner, he'd step out and say something and they'd jump and everything. And he'd say, well, my mission is over. And he'd go get in the truck and <laughs> went somewhere else. And he just enjoyed messing with the ladies, you know, coming in here and everything. And so... Uh, I, I did that actually the other day myself to one of our cleaning ladies just for posterity's sake, you know. <laughs> it is good. No, <laughs> it is good. Amen. 
So we have heard. We have heard. We have known. Because our fathers told us. They said their fathers told them. Your fathers. I have fathers that are not my natural fathers. But I have pastors that are my fathers. Amen. I've saved under Emma Camus. She was the mother of my salvation. She led me to Jesus at nine years old. And so we understand and see that what has been done for us, we need to do for the next generations. We're getting ready to do some remodel uh, among our children's areas. And uh, some money has come up. Isn't it great? Boy, when you're a pastor, it's, it's, it's some of the best news is when money shows up. Money shows up. You know why? Because it takes money. It takes money. You can't, you got to have more than vision. You got to have money, right? And God knows that. The Bible says money answereth all things. And so sometimes you got to have that. So money has come up and we're excited about the plans that are going to be happening and everything. And they're in our children's Sunday school classes and these places because we know and understand that the more children we can get in those classes, the more adults we're going to have in the next generation. Amen. Amen. All around this church, there's uh, young couples with young children running around this church, and these young couples were saved here. Amen. And I'd like to tell you that all the young people came through this house, stayed, but you know what? God can bring them. Keep praying for them, Mom and Dad. Keep praying. He said, we will not hide what God has done. We will not hide the words of God from our children. No, we will not hide them. We will tell the generation to come about this God that we serve. In verse 5, he said, for he established a testimony in Jacob. Amen. I like that. And appointed a law in Israel. He established a testimony in Jacob. God said, I know what Jacob did. I know his ups and downs. And he said, I put a testimony in that man. I did something for him. And that's what he's doing in your life. It's what he's doing in our life. It's what he's doing in our brother's life. Amen. That God is opening doors. God is is getting a need out there. God is able. Amen. And there's a purpose. God loves the world. He loves the world. And so the, the fathers were commanded to make known the words of God to their children. Dad, don't just leave that up to mom. It's important what fathers say. And when fathers say it and they live it, it is impenetrable it's so powerful amen when dad speak it and live it that helps change lives and of course mothers are important very important but when fathers begin to say now this is who we are this is who we are we do this because of these reasons And so in verse 5, he says, he established a testimony in Jacob. Sometimes we get into messes, we get into trouble, and we get into situations, and we think, man, this season, it's not worth anything. 
But you know what? There's many times those seasons are the seasons of testimony that begin to build and rebuild our faith, that begin to give us a foundation in our lives, that we are able to remember what God has done and make known what God has done, you know, to your children. Well, I I let my children, you know, decide whatever they want about church. Have you lost your mind? I mean, these are the people that you you don't allow them to pick out their socks. (laughs) And you you want them to tell you as a teenager even, or junior high, that I'm, I'm going to serve this, or I'm going to serve that, or I'm not going to go to church, or I'm not going to go to church. My kids didn't ask very often why we went to church. <laughs> I said, that's what we do, because God's been good to our family. <laughs> God has been good to us. And so there was a testimony. The testimonies are from us now is that the generations to come might know them and for the purpose that those testimonies will arise and declare to the new generations what God has done. Should the Lord tarry, there will be young people in this church that will mention some of the quotes that we speak often, that will things that they have heard about, that they will say, hey, I had a pastor uh, for many years and, and he always used to say this thing and, and I found it to be true. We need to leave things into their heart and sow the Word of God into their heart. Amen. That the generation to come might know them. The world is not able to teach them. The world doesn't have it. And, and you, you know, it's, I probably get a little bit political uh, in it, but we need to pray and pray until the schools come back to the openness that they once had to be able to share the Word of God. In this country. Amen. I would rather give my children the gospel than to give them the repercussions of not having it. Amen. Let's get them before they commit that crime. Let's get them before they mess up. And so in verse 7 he says that they might set their hope in God. Here, I won't be much longer, but here, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Our hope, where's your hope? Where's your hope set? What is your hope set on? We want to train them to the place that our children's hope is set upon the Lord. Amen. Set upon God the Father, our Creator. And His Son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have found it to be a safe place for us. He's a refuge for us. He'll be a refuge for them. Amen? That they might set their hope in God. Money will never please you. Money, we need money. Money is a need thing, but it is not a fulfilling thing in itself. Sometimes it can be fulfilling if you're able to help. And so, he goes on and he says that they may not forget the works of God. And that they may keep His commandments. 
So here's the reasons why that we want to give this generation of purpose. That the generation might come to know them, the children that would be born. That they may arise and declare them to their children. That'd be our grandchildren. That they may set their hope in God. Praise God. And keep His commandments. That may not, may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. Or a generation that did not set its heart aright. And whose spirit was not faithful to God. Amen, brother and sister. The kingdom of God succeeds in this world because we do on purpose the things that God has brought into our our lives, our direction. There's a very interesting part of this little verse, and I'm going to close with it. It's very interesting. I had to ponder on this for a little while. It seems out of place. Verse 9 says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law and forget His works and His wonders that He had shown them. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, must have been an impressive sight for these soldiers who are armed and have the bows in their hands marching out to battle. Armed, carrying bows. How many people are armed with a knowledge of the Word of God? They just never do use it. They never get their sword out of its sheath. They never fight a battle. The children, the generation that's going to come is going to need some warriors. Amen? And we're going to have to raise them up or they're not going to have them. And so he says, listen, they were equipped. They were armed and they were carrying bows. But when it came time for the fight, they turned back in the day of battle. They turned back in the day of battle. I'm telling you that we need to make sure in what we believe to be good for this country and good for our city and good for our families, that we need to make sure that we are not, uh, you know, just kind of easy on it and, and just think, well, as long as they get a little bit here and a little bit there. No, no, let's not do that. Let's not raise up a generation that has a bow and arrow but has nowhere to use it, has no reason, has no in, inclination to use that. Amen. They were armed and carrying bows. But they turned back in the day of battle. Let's not raise up soldiers that turn their back in the day of battle. Let us raise up young men and young women. Amen. With a confidence in their God. That our God is able to subdue the enemies of this land. And that His light is greater than darkness and His truth is greater than a lie. And that there is a generation to arise in this country that's going to bring God back up to the forefront. Uh, Amen. For the generations to come. Amen. Let's not just be, uh, let's not just look like a good soldier. 
Let's not just be all uniformed up and all weaponed up, but when the enemy comes, that we turn our back in the day of battle. No, we've trained for this. We have studied for this. We have prayed for this. We have seen the victories of God and He has encouraged us in our life. When we thought we weren't going to make it, amen, God came through. Mom and dad, maybe you've got kids that used to be in the church and they don't want to hear about it anymore. Amen. You know what? They don't have to hear about it from you. But you make sure the devil's hearing about it. You make sure the devil's hearing about it. Uh, you didn't get you and catch that. You make sure. Well, yeah, they don't even want to talk about God. Yeah, you make sure. Amen. That we, we're letting the devil know. This is my daughter. This is my son. These are my children. They've been washed in the blood. They've given their heart to the Lord. They've been baptized in water. They have done the things that we have told them. And they're reading. You may have their attention for right now, but my bow is filled with arrows. I'm ready to fight for my generations. I'm ready to fight for my children and my grandchildren. It is worth fighting for. Amen. I'd rather die in a battle that is worth fighting than live in an old age that had no fruit. Amen. Amen. It, from the time I was a child, it's been in my heart. I want to live a life that matters. I want to live a life that matters. Amen. Listen, how can we pray over the city if we're not winning our children? Let's win our children. And you can. You can. Don't give up. Now listen. There's going to be battle rounds. Keep fighting it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. We've got bows. We've got arrows. The devil's knocking on the door. Oh, let's fill him full of holes. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you got to stomp. You ever stomp at the house? Sometimes when you're praying over, do you pray over your house? You ought to pray over your house from time to time. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we kind of get in a situation and for a while, and it seems like that it, things are just extra staticky. You know, everybody growling. You know, and it's not for an hour or two, it just kind of goes on and goes on for a while. And literally, there's times we get the oil and we go to our doors, our doors that lead to outside, we anoint them with oil. And we stand, Sister Hall and I stand in the middle of that house. The kid's not around uh, most of the time. And we'll stand there and we'll pray for our children. And we'll pray for our grandchildren. But I don't just pray for the children and the grandchildren. Then I begin to declare. I declare, devil, you're not welcome at 6520 Ironworks Road. You cannot have this house. You cannot have this family. You cannot turn my children into darkness because they've already experienced the light of God. I will not. I refuse to let them go. Amen. Amen. They may not hear it for a season. They may not want to hear it for a season, but that doesn't mean that it can be digging the trenches. Amen. 
digging the trenches, just getting ready for the battle, just getting ready to rise up. Amen. This isn't a nation somewhere that, that we've never heard of or whatever else. You know, there's a need around the world. There's not a, there's not a country in the world that does not need a revival, that does not need a move of God right now. Africa needs revival, and they're ripe for it. They're ripe for it. We've got an opportunity to build churches in Liberia this summer. Amen. We need to be able to do that. I'd like to be a part of what this young man's doing in Haiti. Amen. All we need is money. It's all we need. Boy, that's all we need is money. Money answereth all things. Amen. That's what the Bible said. Money answereth all things. God knows there's an economy. Amen. So we can't always do what we want to do when we want to do it, but we can get working on it. We can go ahead and make a difference. I believe when we sow seed into fields that we will not reap, when we're sowing seed for other people to reap those fields, then God will sow His seed for our harvest. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If this is unfamiliar to you, it's a gift of the Spirit known as a message in tongues or a message in languages. And once that is given... God begins to prompt the Spirit to interpret that, and He's already walked right here. So He's going to tell you in English what God just spoke. The Lord said, I have said to you that the fields are ripe, and I have said to you, pray to me, that I would send laborers into the fields that they would reap the harvest. And I say to you again this morning, pray to me, says the Lord, that I would send laborers. Yes. Because I say to you, look, and behold, and discern and see, because the fields are budding. The harvest is overflowing, and the fields are ready, says the Lord. There was a time when the fields were almost ready. But I say to you, says the Lord, that the fields are ready. And my harvest is at the end of the stalk. And the harvest is beginning to be heavy on the ends of the plant. And the harvest is ready to fall off of the plant. And I am looking for laborers to yes. go out into the fields and to reap my harvest. And I say to you, if you will have the faith to say to yes. me, I will go, then I will give you the strength to go. And if you will have the faith to say to me, I will go, then I will give you the resources to go into the fields. And if you will yes, have Lord. the faith to me to say, I will go, then I will send you to places where you said to me, I do not think I can go there. I, the Lord, said that I will send you places where you said to me, I cannot go. And you will go there, says the Lord, and reap a harvest greater than you can even imagine. The fields are ready. Are you, says the Lord. Wow. Are you? Are you? Are you ready? Are you ready? This message in tongues and interpretation thereof, it's a supernatural thing. And God's still doing that. He's still doing that. He's still speaking. This church is a little different. 
than many. We've already been on five continents. We have a heart for the, the nations, especially where the harvest is ripe. It's ripe. It's ripe in Liberia. One of my spiritual sons, Pastor Israel, he looks like this brother, not like his spiritual daddy. <laughs> Israel's a good man. He's got a heart for Liberia. He's got a brother that's just come over, and we're going to help get him through Life Christian University to get the degree. There's opportunity for us. Let's come to church. Let's come to church and worship. Let's come to church and hear the preaching. Let's come to church and shake hands and fellowship. Let's come to church to expect a, a breath of God, to expect God to move, to touch our hearts and to touch our lives. Amen. Come expecting. Some services are very high and some are very deep. And some you go out and say, well, maybe a little better next week. <laughs> but God is faithful to this house. I don't know exactly how they came up with Church of the Living God, but I remember them saying that it was a conversation and somebody found it in the Bible. I think Barbara Kennan, maybe, if I remember right. Or Richard, did you find it first? Richard found that in the Bible. Do you know in the New Testament it talks about Church of the Living God? Yeah. Y'all picked a good name. See, they named it before I got here. <laughs> they picked a good name, and it is Church of the Living God. Won't you stand with me? Thank you for listening today to Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.